The text for the sermon this day is taken from the Old Testament lesson and the Gospel lesson, which was read earlier. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When Adam and Eve fell into sin, their first instinct when they noticed their nakedness, noticed their shame, was to grab a bit of fig leaves to cover their nakedness. What a pathetic attempt to cover themselves. In case any of you have ever seen fig leaves, they really can't cover all that much. But nonetheless, they did their very best effort to do so. So when God confronted them in their sin, and he saw what they had done, he gave them a new garment, a skin, the skin of an animal. Now, since the scriptures do not tell us that it was done by a magical means, it is safe to assume that an animal had to be sacrificed. An animal had to die in order for them to be clothed. Think about that. There was no death yet in that world. No death of any kind. And now, because immediately, on the count of their sin, in order for them to be clothed, in order for them to be warm, in order for them to, be co to cover up their shame, an animal had to die. See, isn't that kind of what we like to do, like Adam and Eve? Whenever we fall into sin, whenever we commit something, whenever we slip up, we try to find our own little fig leaves to cover our shame. We come up with reasons why what we have done or said or thought are okay. We say, well, at least I didn't do what such and such did down the street. Or did you hear what Susie or Bill or whatever did? And I'm just randomly showing out names. I'm not actually mentioning a Bill. Or, anyways. But... Did you hear what they did? At least I wasn't like them. At least I didn't do the things they did. Or perhaps we might say, or maybe we'll find a way to cover it up. We might try to delete our browser history, so to speak, or maybe literally, to cover up what we've done. Or we try to say, well, you know what? Everyone else does it. What's the big deal? 
We come up with any and every way we could come up. We come up with all these little fig leaves to cover it up. But in reality is when we do this, it's kind of like trying to spray perfume on a pile of dung. It's pretty useless. Nothing we could do, there is no garment that we can craft that could cover up our shame, that could cover up our sin. And so we look at the words, we consider the words of John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. We look at today's gospel lesson. And Pilate, it says that Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. I don't know if you realize what flogging is, but it is an extremely brutal process. It is an extremely brutal form of torture. They would use what is known as a cat of nine tails. It's called that because it looks like a nine-tailed cat. But on each strand, on each, all nine of those strands of the whip, they would have little metal balls. The purpose was that when it struck the skin, it would create a welt. And at the end, there was sheep bone, sharpened, so it would grab in. And so they'd rip and they'd pull back, tearing, pat, tearing apart the strands of flesh. And they do it over and over and over again. They would do it until they were bored. The Jews had what was known as the 40 minus 1 lashings. They, their theory was 30, 40 would kill a person, so they'd go to 39. But the Romans had no such practice. The Romans went until they were bored, until they were tired. There are many people that did not survive the flogging because their heart would just give out. We know from Scripture that Jesus' <coughs> Jesus's beating was particularly brutal because he was unable to carry his cross. That was not normal. When people were beaten, their skin was torn apart and their body would begin to look like hamburger meat. Their internal organs would actually begin to become exposed. If you've ever seen the movie The Passion of the Christ, you've gotten some, somewhat of an image of what that was like. And so then they placed upon him. It says, and the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns. A crown of thorns. Think about that. Just a little bit ago in that Old Testament reading, it was by thorns. What does it say? Cursed is the ground because of you in pain. You shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. The thorns that were meant for us were twisted into a crown for Jesus. And you could imagine them bashing it into his skull, making sure that it would stick to him. 
They put around him a maggoty, ragged purple robe because I guarantee it, they didn't put the nice purple robes because those were expensive. They found whatever was left for the trash and they put it on him and they mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews. And they brought him before Pilate. Brought him out. Says, see, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to him, Behold the man. The one who is the Lamb of God, behold the man. Later in this text, it, goes, it makes a bit of a jump to when he, right before the crucifixion. It says, when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts. One part for each soldier. <clears throat> also his tunic, but the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom, which is to let you know this is a particularly valuable garment. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. Think about that again. And that, God, that Old Testament reading. They realized that they were exposed and naked. And they were shamed. And here, the soldiers had stripped Jesus naked. Now, if you see on my crucifix, most crucifix, you can't probably see it from all the way out there. But if you did, you would see that there's a little bit of an undergarment. Now, most art has that, mainly because they're, being, they're kind of, you know, it's kind of bashful. They don't want to show it exactly the way it is. But reality is, that would not, was not even there. The whole purpose of Roman crucifixion was to humiliate the person. That's why they laid them bare on that cross. Jesus endured all of the shame of the cross for us, for you. The shame that Adam and Eve tried to cover with little itty bitty fig leaves there on the cross. Jesus, who had no sin, Bared the shame of all sin. Literally was bearing everything. He was exposed. His physically, his body was exposed. His organs were exposed. His blood was exposed. Behold the only man who's sufficient to cover. Behold the only man that could cover the sin that we have committed. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But Jesus endured is excruciating. It is difficult. But that is how deep our sin is. That is what was required. None of our fig leaves, none of our works, none of our efforts it is all 
As Luther, as Luther said, is that all of our works are like filthy rags, except for he didn't quite use the word filthy. The word he used is not appropriate for church. Let's just say it's like used toilet paper. That's what our works are. They cannot, they will, they cannot satisfy God's wrath. They cannot satisfy our shame. They cannot cover it. The only thing that can, behold the man. Behold the lamb hanging on the cross. Suffering and anguish for you. Look at what it says in Galatians. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Or as other translations put it, say it much more clearly. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have been clothed in Christ. See, in the waters of baptism, see, when we try, when we try anything and everything we can to cover our shame, our God sees us helpless and unable to do anything. This is why if you ever notice in the water, if you read through scripture, it never says, go baptize yourself. Never ever talks about baptism as something you do. It is always passive. It's always done to you. This is why infant baptism, which by the way, we, it'll be after the service, but we do have a baptism later this week, but on Sunday. But it's an infant baptism is so beautiful because that child, I don't know if you've been to an infant baptism, I've never seen a newborn baby walk himself up there. I'm telling you. No eight-day-olds or anything, or even a month-old, just walk, walk himself up there. Hey, pastor, just take care of it. Doesn't say a word. Somebody has to carry them. When I say, do you, be do you believe in the God the Father Almighty? maker of heaven and earth. The baby never answers. He might cry, he might even pee or something, but you don't get any reaction. Somebody has to speak for them. In the baptism, he doesn't pick up the water and just dunk it himself on, pour it over his head. It all has to be done for him. See, in the waters of baptism, that is such a beautiful image of the way we are. We are helpless. We can do nothing. Nothing we do will cover. Like it's, it's like those fig leaves, just like Adam and Eve tried to do. The only thing that is sufficient to cover our shame, to cover our guilt, is Christ himself. For in the waters of baptism, when you say, I baptize, when you hear those words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look at what Paul says. He doesn't say, some of you who are baptized into Christ. He doesn't say, a few of you, as many as of you. In other words, when you are baptized into Christ, you are clothed in Christ. When you are brought to baptism, behold the man. Behold the Lamb of God who shed his blood and his blood covers your shame.
They get Revelation 7 and what that means. Revelation 7, the host arrayed in white, that multitude standing before the throne, before the Lamb, wearing robes of white. Which, by the way, this is why we wear these robes. It's a preview of coming attractions. The black underneath, <coughs> which, by the way, my seventh graders, this is review if they remembered it last week. But anyways, the black, that symbolizes our sin. This symbolizes the shame, the guilt. This symbolizes what is the cause of my death. This symbolizes that I'm dying. Or same thing with the black clerical shirt. The, the surplus or the alb, that is symbolizing the righteousness being clothed in Christ. Because none of our works can make us righteous. None of our works can cover our shame. But in the waters of baptism, Christ covers your shame by the power of the cross, purely by grace through faith which grabs hold of it. Not of works, so no one may boast. Confirmance, does that sound familiar? Like our memory work, like a couple weeks ago or this week? That, behold the man whom you are clothed in, in baptism. And by the way, do you know what the word Christian means? Little Christ. If we are clothed in Christ, what does it mean for our days in the world? It means that you are masks of Christ. You are the mask. You are, you are Christ to the world. So as our shame and our guilt has been covered by Christ, as we are clothed in Christ, how do we bear the, uh, the brightness of that glory? the brightness of that forgiveness and that grace and that mercy in the world that we live until Jesus returns to him be all glory. Amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Please stand.